What is going on, crafters? Welcome back to another episode of Dig Straight Down with me, your host, Rebel JC. If this is your first time tuning into this podcast, I want to give you a very warm welcome here, and I'm so excited that you decided to drop by. This is indeed a podcast about Minecraft, if you were thinking maybe it was from the title, but it's specifically about Minecraft updates. Now, Minecraft is an interesting game in the in this world of video games because uh, it receives free updates uh, quite regularly. Actually, about once or twice a year, we get major updates. And so, I thought a podcast about this would be a great thing to make um, because it's something I like to think about. I almost see Minecraft updates as like new movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, <laughs> um, and uh, people might agree with me. Uh, just because because it's something new to look forward to about every year. And so a podcast about that is what Dig Straight Down is. So sometimes I talk about updates that are actually coming to the game, and sometimes I talk about updates that we would like to see coming to the game. Uh, Updates that you guys think up up on your own, or that I think about on my own, just things that we think would be really cool to see come to the game. We theorize, we speculate about future updates, that kind of thing. So if either of those ways of thinking about Minecraft updates are interesting to you at all, you are in the right place. Now let's start this episode off with the Q&A segment. Of course, the Q&A segment is when I ask you guys a question and then you respond and I react to your responses. So a few episodes ago, I asked you guys if you could add a new friendly or neutral NPC to Minecraft, what would it be? So friendly and uh, neutral NPCs, we have a couple of those, right? Um, NPCs, I set those apart from, uh, you know, like regular passive mobs or hostile mobs. They are characters, right? They are meant to sort of convey intelligence. Maybe they have a culture. Maybe they, they basically are like intelligent creatures and beings, people that um, are different than the player, but that... Um, interact with the player in one way or another. The prime example of this is uh, the villager. That's probably the most common example. But we also have things like the piglins, the illager faction. We even have the allays, which I consider to be NPCs. Endermen might be NPCs as well. However, I do think that they could be um, <clears throat> they could be uh, better as NPCs, but I do, I would put them in that category. But neutral or friendly NPCs is something that we don't have very many of. We have the villagers, we have the allays, and that's about it. Um, so I wanted to see what you guys would add to Minecraft. Pizza Balls says it would be cool if different structures had caretakers that would give beginners clues about things that they can do in game. And this is something that I think a lot of people would like to see. Um, so basically a uh, NPC that actually teaches you how to play the game. I think that honestly, that would be good to encounter early on. Maybe this is an NPC that, um, spawns kind of similarly to the wandering trader, maybe around certain areas of our points of interest. Maybe the, this, you're a player, you're playing Minecraft for the first time. You see a interesting structure. You go to it because you've never seen it before. And hey, there's a friendly looking guy there who uh, you you go up to him, you interact with him, and he tells you, hey, this is what this structure is. This is what you could probably find here. Now, I don't know how you make this Minecrafty because there's no dialogue in Minecraft other than the end poem. Uh, so 
a dialogue-less interaction that actually teaches you how to play the game. I don't know how this would be added to the game in a way that would make sense, but I think it would be cool. Quinn says gardener or astronomer NPC. And an astronomer NPC would be kind of fun. We do have a gardener in the form of the farmer. The farmer actually tends to crops, like actually farms. Um, but an astronomer would be interesting. Kind of adding some uh, use for the stars in the night sky would be fun. Uh, Mushroom Monstrosity says chest sorter NPC. And I got to agree with you. I hate sorting my chests. I would love to hand that off and, and, and sort of uh, delegate that to somebody else. <laughs> Stolid Quill says the red dragon. You tame it with a piece of chicken and you need a special dragon saddle to ride it. Yeah, the red dragon has long been a symbol of uh, hypothetical updates to Minecraft. Um, I don't know if this is technically an NPC, though, because it seems more of a tameable mob in the line of like a horse. And a horse is not an NPC. A horse is just a mob. Um, but maybe an intelligent dragon would be kind of cool. Uh, so maybe. Energy Turtle says the explorer, a wandering trader with better trades. It can spawn in all dimensions and trades with diamonds. A wandering trader for other dimensions would be fantastic. I would love to see this happen. Um, and, and yeah, something that encourages the player to actually go out into the world and find things. Um, I would like to see this. I mean, uh, the, the, the end and the nether need a, need a bit more of the NPC treatment. Not, not so much the nether because we do have the piglins, which of course you can barter with. Um, but maybe the end specifically needs a little bit of that as well. Jonah Gray says hermits, wild random villager sort of creature that you can come across its hut in a big forest and will trade you rare items from the biome you found them in and the trades are not expensive so hermits maybe they could be like the her <laughs> maybe this could be a reference to hermitcraft um yeah so like villagers that sort of live apart from the village i think adding that as a bit of lore might be interesting so this could be a villager um variant that that spawns by itself out in the middle of nowhere that would be fun. Silas says the warlock. These neutral NPCs live in mountain biomes and attack with magic if attacked. They trade magic scrolls and uh, potions. They are difficult to kill and drop a special robe. The warlock almost sounds like a neutral isologer, and I like that idea a lot. Maybe adding the isologer to Minecraft, but keeping it um, neutral instead of just immediately hostile that will attack you on sight. The, the isologer was the mob that I voted for in that mob vote. Unfortunately, the close squid one, which I was not happy about, and still to this day I'm kind of meh about the glow squid. The ice allergy would have been so much better. Um, but this would be a way to add it in a way that um, maybe would be compromised with people who didn't want the ice allergy because the ice allergy, in their opinion, would have been very it would be much of a hassle to deal with. You go up on a mountain and this guy just knocks you right off. Um, the warlock being, you know, it has a chance to not attack you if you treat it fairly. Um, I think that that would have been a better compromise. And honestly, if it had been voted in, I think we would have seen compromises and, uh, you know, concerns being addressed uh, from the developers. Anna says thieves would be a neutral NPC that could help you loot structures if you give them something they wanted, which could be displayed in a thought bubble above them. And hey, that sounds like a fun idea. So basically what you have is a um, an NPC that will accompany you on 
on missions and adventures, uh, you can maybe they spawn around some of the more difficult structures and they go in there with you, maybe a woodland mansion, they go in there with you and um, they they loot it for you, they, they help you out there, um, you just kind of let them run wild and take care of all the mobs while you go after the loot, that would be fun, I, I, just kind of these like partnerships, and then when you're done, they just go on their way, and you go on your way, and maybe you'll encounter them again. Um, I like that sort of neighborly aspect of NPCs, where you're not taking them home with you, like you don't own them, they don't belong to you. Um, but you know, they're around in the area and you can drop by and visit them. They might drop by and visit you and maybe you team up and do some things together. I really like that in an NPC idea. CTK says the quest master, he would give you quests and completing them would give you diamonds or emeralds. Now I will say that villagers are kind of already quest masters if you just take it like this. Um, so imagine you go to a village you see that uh, this villager wants you to give them a certain amount of items uh, for a certain amount of emeralds. Well, that's kind of a quest if you don't already have that item. So going off on an adventure to get this quest, bringing it back and giving it to the villager kind of is a quest. But I do agree, this could be made more exciting. So I would like to see this be more officialized in Minecraft, some sort of quest giver. Um, that would be amazing. The Arch Villager says an eagle, it would help you fight and focus on phantoms, but it would acquire meat and a nice cozy nest in return. If it doesn't get paid, it would be weaker and leave you after a long time of no food and nest. Another of its attacks would be a swoop and the ability to pull the enemy up into the air. I love that idea, that final idea of the attack of basically you have a pet that swoops down, grabs an enemy, takes them up into the air and then drops them. Uh, so they take that fall damage, that would be so fun to see. Um, so I like this idea. Maybe this should be a mythical creature and not an eagle. Maybe like a griffin or something. Something, But maybe like a small griffin that can maybe perch on your shoulder. I don't know. But I think that keeping it a mythical or magical creature instead of something in real life. Because eagles, a lot of them are endangered. And in my country, America, like it's kind of illegal to... <laughs> illegal to uh, interact with uh, bald eagles specifically, I think, and probably some other ones as well, um, you know, because they are endangered, they are protected. Um, so maybe if Mojang wants to keep on that sensitivity side and just be like, you know what, we don't encourage um, the, our players to think that they can just go and interact with an eagle, maybe this could be either like a peregrine falcon, which has a history even now of being used in hunting, uh, or it could be a mythical creature like a hippogriff or a griffin or something like that. And finally, the legender says the overworld has villagers and wandering traders, and the nether has piglins. I think the end needs one. Maybe we could get goals, and they would haunt you, which would slightly obscure your vision, and you would give them diamonds to stop, and then they would be friendly, and they would lead you to end cities. I like the idea of an, an NBC leading the way to end cities, um, that would be really, really cool. Something like ghouls would be kind of scary, I think, but maybe that fits very well with the eerie kind of vibe of the end. So not a bad idea at all. Well, guys, thank you so much for these opinions and ideas. And if you would like yours read out in an upcoming episode, go to this episode on Spotify and interact with the Q&A post there. Or you can go to Discord. I have a whole channel dedicated to the Q&A segment. Uh, just do that, and I will do my best to read as many of those as I can in a future episode.
Speaking of the Discord, the link to the Discord is in the description of this episode, so go check that out and make sure to join. There's a lot of fun things going on in the Discord. There's a lot of fun conversations being had about the podcast, about Minecraft in general, Minecraft updates, uh, people sharing their ideas of what they would add to the game. So if you have ideas, share them there. But also, there are challenges going on. There's the One Block Challenge, which I host here on the podcast, but there's also community-run Discord exclusive uh, challenges that a lot of people are taking part in and having a lot of fun. And I'm having fun reading everybody's ideas in those. So if you want to take part in that, uh, go down to the description of this episode, click on the link there and join the Discord. Well, with that all out of the way, let's get into the main discussion of this episode. And I'm going to talk about a feature of Minecraft that I've surprisingly not really talked very much about. And I and you'd think that I would, um, given what this podcast is about, but I really haven't. And that is the Echo Shard. Now, the Echo Shard is an uh, item that you can find in the ancient cities. They kind of look crystalline, but they have the texture um, that is very similar to the Skulk. So, lore-wise, there's a lot of implications there. Um, and uh, the Echo Shard has apparently, in the, in the community, been one of those things, kind of along the lines of the Red Dragon. It's been a symbol of possibilities that could be brought to Minecraft. A lot of people say, hey, the Echo Shard should be doing more things in the game. There's a lot of cool things that it could do. Um, now, I was inspired to talk about the Echo Shard because recently on Minecraft.net, they put out an entire article about the Echo Shard, just basically reminding you that this thing exists and telling you what it does and how to find it. So let's answer those questions. Uh, how do you find it and what does it do? Well, you find it in the ancient city loot. Like I said, uh, this can be found alongside things like uh, the, uh, the the music disc pieces that you can put together and put and find that special music disc that you can put together from the ancient city. And the, uh, the swift sneak enchantment and also the, uh, the silence armor trim. And I think the silence armor trim is the only one that you can find in the ancient city. I might be mistaken. Maybe Ward is as well. Um, but either way, those seem to be, those four things seem to be the primary loot that is like very specific to the ancient city. Now, the Echo Shard is definitely one of the more mysterious of them uh, alongside that music disc, which has a whole story going for it. Um, but the Echo Shard is one of those things that is very interesting. The, the design of it, the choice of the name, it is a very interesting piece of um, Minecraft lore that has yet to be explored. Now, what does it do? Well, if you have eight Echo Shards and a compass, you can craft those together into the recovery compass. And that's the only thing you can do with the Echo Shard. You have to have eight of them, which means you probably have to loot multiple chests around an ancient city, which is very, very dangerous. And then you can craft those with a compass to make a recovery compass only thing you can do with them. You can't do anything else with the Echo Shard. And I think that's where a lot of people don't like um, the Echo Shard is because it seems that there's only one thing that you can do with it and there are mixed feelings about that one thing. So let's talk about the recovery compass. What does the recovery compass do? Well, the recovery compass points 
to the location you last died at. So if you die, you respawn at your base or you respawn at wherever, you find a recovery compass, it points to the location you died at. So you can go back there and not have to look around and search around for your items. You go back to, to straight to the spot you died at and you can collect your items again. Now on the surface, this seems like a good idea. Of course, if you died in the ancient city, um, that is something that you might want to do instead of having to roam all around the ancient city looking for that exact spot you died at. Um, this is going to help you. But also, if you died in a place like the End or the Nether, this would also be very, very helpful there. I think that the article about the um, Echo Shard was literally saying, hey, this is something that you really want to do before you go into the nether is get a recovery compass and have this just at your base ready to lead you back to that place in the nether that you died. Um, so I think that's a good idea on paper, but is it a good idea in practice? And I would argue, no, it's not a good idea in practice because hardly anybody uses it. Now, I'm obviously going off of people that I've watched play Minecraft and people that I've talked to or listened to about how they play Minecraft. Um, how many times have I seen or heard of somebody using the recovery compass? Hardly anyone that I have seen or heard uh, uses the recovery compass. Now, if there is a massive group of the community out there who uses the recovery compass on a regular basis, send me messages. I would love to know. But it seems to me just being an observer yeah, not the Red Soap Observer, but just a person who's watching, um, that nobody is using the Recovery Compass hardly at all. Um, it is a good mechanic for an item to have, but why, why is it so uncommon for it to be used, especially for you know content creators and people who are actually showing themselves playing Minecraft? Um, I would argue that the reason we don't see it being used very often is because it is gatekept behind such a difficult thing. Now, in the article, it says the payoff of having the recovery compass is really, really big. Um, being able to retrace your steps into a difficult place and getting all of your items back, potentially some very, very expensive armor that has been enchanted and not having to go through the hassle of rebuilding your arsenal and getting those pieces of armor again from scratch, the payoff of having to go to the, um, the ancient city and getting these enchanted or these echo shards is worth it. And that makes a little sense. I mean, the math does even out, but I don't think practically that that works very well because not a lot of people go to the ancient city. Now that it is their prerogative, they're not being forced out of it, but the ancient city is not appealing to everyone. And so I do think that the recovery compass needs to be a little bit more accessible. Maybe uh, it shouldn't require as many echo shards to craft, or maybe the recovery compass needs to be its own piece of loot in the ancient city and the echo shards should do something different. Um, I'm not sure exactly what, but the recovery compass needs to be a little bit more accessible in order to see this thing uh, live up to its potential and for the community to be using it in a way that I think the community would use it. Now, um, again, I don't think that the problem that the recovery compass is addressing is as big a problem as Mojang thinks it is. Um, now, of course, if you are in the end and the outer end islands, or if you uh, wandered very, very, very far away from your nether portal and you died in some barren, you know, uh, soul sand valley, 
maybe, just maybe, having the recovery compass would be very good. But in those, those are very specific cases. Usually, you're not, it's not that difficult to find where you died. Usually, it's not that difficult to retrace your steps, um, unless you just went thousands of thousands of blocks away. And at that point, you know what? The journey there, even if you had a recovery compass, the journey there, it might just be um, that you just replace your gear unless you just had some really expensive stuff. So again, I don't think that every situation where you die and you want to retrace your steps, I don't think that the recovery compass is just, you know, a godsend. You know, I think that sometimes it's okay. You know, we, we, we can manage well enough on our own without the recovery compass. So again, the problem that it's solving, I don't think it's as big an issue as uh, Mojang thinks it is. Therefore, I don't think that the recovery compass needs to be as gate kept or as hard to get as it currently is in its iteration right now. So I do think it needs to be more accessible and uh, maybe one day we will see them uh, revisit the recovery compass and maybe give it some more uses to make it more appealing or just make it more accessible for the use that it has right now. Well, that'll bring us to the end of this episode, guys. Send me your ideas to digstraightdowncast at gmail.com. I might read those out on a Thursday episode. The music featured on this podcast was created by Miles Roxalot, and I've been your host, Rebel JC. Until next episode, everybody, keep digging straight down. I will see you at Bedrock.